Joy is for you. Welcome to the Joybringer Podcast. The world is full of uncertainties, difficulty, and pain. It needs joy, and you and I can bring it, but we can't bring what we don't have. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Let's grab hold of joy and bring it everywhere we go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Season, and this is the Joybringer Podcast. And Ooh. that's crazy to say because this is my first episode. And I am, well, I'm really honored that you would tune in, that you would join me and uh, and want to listen and find out what this thing is all about. And I thought about it and I thought I should probably do some sort of like get to know me, you know, first episode. But the last thing I wanted to do was just talk about myself to a computer or a microphone for, <laughs> for a period of time. That just feels weird. So what I thought I would do is bring on, I'm not going to say my oldest friend, but I am going to say my... My longest friend, Ricky, Richard Allen, and uh, to join me today to have a conversation and maybe ask some embarrassing or telling or inappropriate questions. Yes. Uh, so welcome, Ricky. I'm very, It's a sur this is a surreal moment. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. I'm yeah. really glad that you're with me. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to be on here, Miss Joybringer. <laughs> well, okay, I'll just start with that and say that's a funny thing because, you know, people introduce me a lot in uh, when I speak at places or whenever I'm, you know, at events and things. They go, oh, season, this is season, she's the joy bringer. And I, I love to grab that moment and say, actually, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a joy bringer. So are you. But really, this whole thing is rooted in, in Jesus. Jesus is the joy bringer. And yeah. we get to grab a hold of the joy that we can have because of who he is and, and, and the love that we have from the Lord and then bring that everywhere we go. So I mean, but um, at the same time, it feels like you've been set up for this, to be honest. I mean, let's be honest, me. your season, like, <laughs> what was mom thinking when she came up with this name? Oh my gosh. Don't I wish I knew. So when I was little, I hated my name because I didn't understand it. Like I had no clue. My mom used to just say, well, we liked it. Well, that doesn't <laughs> satisfy like mean kids or weird adults. I've had, I've heard everything like, like people would, you know, even adults can be mean. They'd be like, what are your parents on drugs? Well, probably at yeah. one point, but not when I was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, my mom, she said, it was that or Emily. I'm like, wait, no, what? No, that doesn't Ooh. make sense. Like Emily or Season. And then it wasn't until I was older that I had uh, really a, a deeper conversation with her. And she said, you came at the right time in our lives. And it's from Ecclesiastes 3.1 to everything there's a season and a time mm. for every purpose under heaven. And that, when you understand the why behind something, it really helps you sort of walk confidently in it. And that changed everything for me. You know, when your name is season, you do become very aware of the time and the seasons of life that you're in. So this is a really cool new season for me. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've heard, probably have heard that story, you know, <laughs> but I don't think it's ever registered in, you know, in, and maybe in this kind of profound way to mm. hear it and to hear 
the verse that goes along with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's super cool. And I mean, I, knowing you so long, I hate to put the word so long in front of, if put the word so in front of long, but <laughs> knowing you so long, you know, you, I mean, obviously I've known, I know about these different seasons. Um, yeah. And I, and I think it's super cool to, for people to get to know you through this podcast, mm. um, to get to know you, but also to get to hear your thoughts on the different seasons of their own lives, mm-hmm. uh, but in a unique way with the kind of podcast that you're doing um, and to introduce that. And yeah, so what is, what is, are we in store? What is in store for us for this podcast? I don't know. No, I mean, I do. <laughs> Well, that's the fun part is that my, I, I love people. I freaking love people. And I love to walk on journeys with people. I love to learn from people. I love to ask questions. And I've learned a lot in my life and I love to share some insights and, you know, revelations about what joy is, how to grab a hold of it, how to bring it everywhere you go, how to be transformed by this thing that I like to call my superpower. And so I want to have conversations with people, people I can learn from and, and then go, oh my gosh, I heard about this person. I'm going to have them on the podcast so we can all learn uh, inspiring stories and then dealing with just stuff that's going on in the world and how to look at it, engage with it, and then, and then find the joy, find the good. Mm. How do we look at the very real things going on in life? Because I think you know me well enough, but, but I think this is a true statement. I don't, um, just hide from the reality. Like I have been through a lot in my life. I don't look at the world and go, everything's fine guys. We're great. But you could, but I have been, um, it's a practice to look and see where's the hope, where's the victory, where's the goodness. And, how can we grab a hold of joy? You know, there's a lot going on, not only in our everyday lives, but in the world that could easily look like doom and gloom. But the truth is that there is goodness. There is victory. There is hope for the world. And we get to grab hold of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. That's really dope. I mean, I think it's like, I think once people get to also know you and they get to know your story too, um, I mean, it's hard to you, if you, I'm going to say this statement and I don't know if this is, I'm going to say it anyway. I'm just going to say it. Whatever. I'm going to say it. I love it. If you can get through it and yeah. turn out and come back and say, let's find joy. And this is what joy is. And I'm excited by this. We all can. Mm. You know, I yeah. mean, you faced, you have faced things that some people just don't want to come back from. And so, I mean, and you have found joy and you have found hope and you have found how to love. You know, and you found a family. And I mean, it's pretty damn awesome. I mean, gosh, I'm so excited for people to get to know you. But I, I'm always like, what was your first moment in encountering joy? That became the aha moment that you went, I want to share this with the world. Okay, that's a great question. And again, I think you can attest to this because, well, you're a witness to my life. And this is what's really cool. I, we met, I was 14, 13 or yeah, 14, 14 when we met. Um, I've always carried something. Mm. People have said to me since I was, my mom would say, you know, they would stop us in the groceries or me like, oh my gosh, this child has something, you know, about her. She's joyful, whatever. 
And I didn't know what it was. There's this some sort of spark, some sort of, I, I've joked in the past that it's my hair. I'll be like, oh yeah, thanks. It's my hair, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or I'll yeah. say, oh, they, you know, it's Jesus. And and not that those things aren't, you know, real. I, I, there's truth to some of that. But I know that I've been someone who's been, I, I've been able to label it. I've been marked by joy. Mm. And, but, and, and that is, it's who I am. It's in my personality. It's, it's a, it's a part of that. But it was a journey in my life to say, this isn't just a personality trait and it's not just a circumstantial thing. I am really grateful. The early parts of my life were, I, I mean, I hesitate to say it, but almost idyllic in many ways. Mm -hmm. My parents were married. I, I had a, a, a very stable childhood, a very loving and supporting home that was, that was great. Um, but I'll tell you, when I went to acting school, uh, I went to college for, for acting. I was in these acting programs with a lot of other people who would be able to tap into like deep trauma. You know? And I remember like praying like, Lord, I wish I had a testimony because I didn't have this like deep seated pain and trauma from childhood to tap into. And it's sort of like patience. Like, don't pray for that. Don't pray for a story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because, yeah. well, I sure got one, you know? And so while I've always been someone who's, I, I guess I would say maybe effervescent, you know, extroverted, perky, something about me. Um, it wasn't until I went through hell and back in, in many different areas of my life to have that tested, to lean in and say, but what is this thing that hasn't really gone away? And, and what is it? Why do I have it? Is it just for me? Is it for other people? And for the last decade, at least, I've really been on a journey to put bones to this thing that I didn't know how mm -hmm. to describe and I've, and I'm grateful for it because what it's turned into is something that I I can articulate. I I feel like it's my the thing that I'm called to do. The thing that burns in my soul is to scream from the mountaintops that joy is for you. You don't need to look like me. You don't need to act like me. Our personalities can be as opposite as can be, and yet you get to receive and be filled with joy and experience that power. Because the reality is the world needs it. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in this world that's painful and difficult. We need joy, but but it's supposed to be brought by us, right? Like we can't bring what we don't have. So my passion and my mission in all of life is to help spread that message. There is goodness, there is victory, there is hope, and joy is for you. So let's learn what that is how we can grab a hold of it and then and then bring it to spaces and places and people who need it. Mm. That's so cool. <laughs> That's really cool. I I think it's so funny because I mean we met in 14 and show choir. Yeah. Summer um, before freshman year. Yep. And I remember my friend Carrie, we lived in the same apartment building. Um, she's like, you got to try out for show choir. And I was like, oh. you know, she knew I did theater and, and sang. And so, but she was like, there's this, we, you know, there's this girl, yeah, you know, and uh, her name is Season. Um, and she's like, the thing, you know, <gasps> and she's like, 
the you know she's the new diva you know it was Stop. was the thing no no truly truly and so i was like i already had this impression of this girl walk you know of, of this season and i was like okay and i was nervous you know for me you know this has only been like two years after my parents had gotten divorced yeah. so i had only known a certain life for a long period of time you know army yeah. kid very family oriented um situation and um, so this was like really impressionable years, you know, for me, like big deal, um, friend wise. And I, so I had, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be very cheesy about these friends, you know, mm-hmm. going into this, I know who I'm going to like, you know, and I was already set up not to like you, you know, cause they're like, they're like, she's a diva. And I was like, oh, not those girls anyway. And I just remember going to class and like loving you. I was like, what? She's great. She's so much she's fun. She's not a diva. She's not a diva. She's so happy. <gasps> what is what is I just remember that being a thing and wanted to be instant friends with you because I was like, she's great. Oh what, what is everybody talking about? I at the time I realized this is high school and you know sure. we gotta make things dramatic. Sure. And everyone everyone doesn't like the talented girl, of course. You know, and that's what you are. You were the you were the girl that I don't know, do most people know that you can sing? Yeah, isn't that funny? I so I spent my entire life singing, dancing, acting, you know, people would, would kind of laugh and, and, or be like, Hey, were your parents supportive of you, you know, in theater or, or whatever? I'm like, wait, there was never another option. Like (laughs) I was born doing this and it was never going to be another. And my parents were incredibly supportive. I had creatives in my family. And so they'd put me on the table in the middle of the room and let me do the thing. Um, and so, yeah, my, my whole life, I, I was, just had a it was the thing that I loved more than anything is is performing in any way and and then yeah I was really fortunate to have a career that I I just never imagined doing anything else and to have been able to live out that dream and perform full-time I virtually never had a different job it was just all I ever really did from the time I was a teenager professionally and um I I lived my dream and mm. at some point, I just thought, well, I had everything I thought I ever wanted. And and then so many of those things in my life fell apart or just disappeared. And were those dreams were shattered in many ways. And yet my career remained intact. But because I was just experiencing such great trauma and and really like re like assessing what I wanted in my life and where I was at mm-hmm. I just started saying all right lord like I, I believe that I've had such an amazing run at this and I love it but also I said god it's maybe you dream for me now mm-hmm. cuz I got to live my dream like what's your dream for me and I really believe I was where I was supposed to be it wasn't like I was you know outside of that but but I surrendered that and my desires changed. And, and I, I, I didn't know how to do anything else or where to go to do anything else. Um, but I just wanted more knowledge to match my love and my zeal um, for the faith that I had. I, yeah. I had really just encountered love, right? Real love and hope and goodness and I wanted more understanding. And so I <laughs> I had no idea. It was literally, I had no idea they would let me in. But I had heard about a, a master's, pro, a seminary program in, in San Diego. 
I had heard about this place because the theater company that I was a part of started in Minnesota in the early 70s. And then they thought, well, we shouldn't be doing this here because it was very limiting. So they moved to San Diego so they could do it year round. So I had heard of this seminary because of this college that it had come from. And there was a campus in San Diego. So I applied and I thought there was no way on the planet they were going to let me in. I'm like, I'm an actor. I have an acting degree. Like, what are you going to have me come in and like and, and enter into this grad school program? And I went, no joke, I went to my um, grad school like interview with, with the admissions board and all of the people on the admissions board were season ticket holders to my theater company. No, I walked hilarious. in and all of them were like, oh, it is you. Like <laughs> we thought there couldn't be another season. And so um, they let me in. I don't know how. And it, I went on this wild journey of being affirmed as a woman mm. in ministry, in the faith to, and, and to say like, I just went there to just find out more. And I was like, I don't know, I might just get a theology degree or something. And I was encouraged and and bolstered up by people around me who said, no, no, we see something so much more in you. And they were like, you should pursue your, your master's of divinity and, and be a pastor. I was like, oh, what? What? I don't, what do you mean? And I'm so grateful for, for that. I'm so grateful. Uh, I've been... Uh, I've had this experience where people say, I see in you something I see in you and I'm going to give you a chance. And so I am in return. I just, I love to be able to, to call out what I say, call out the gold in other people, right? When you mm -hmm. see into someone, you see beyond the walls or the barriers, you see beyond the stereotypes and say, oh my gosh, I see into your heart and your soul. And I call out the possibilities and the goodness. And then to, to, to partner with someone and say, and I want to help you help you get there. So yeah. they did that for me and I'm really grateful. And so I retired from performing full time and everyone was shocked. I mean, I don't know. I think you guys, right. Yeah. Yeah. People were we're like, what is, she I was like doing? what is she doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is and she I'll doing tell you, I yeah. wish I do wish I could maybe go back to my little, you know, Rachel Berry self in, <laughs> in high school and just say, you know, there's actually so much more mm. in this world. And the cool thing is, because that was the only thing I ever knew how to do, I thought that I had to leave that completely to go do something else. But what turns out, God knew what he was doing, right? And he mm -hmm. creates in us and crafts in us gifts and skills and abilities in the language that we'll understand. And yeah. so now the things that I'm able to do and the things that come natural to me or that I'm not afraid of it's because he's developed these these things in me in a different career path. So so like my most favorite thing to do is just stand in front of a large group of people and just share my heart, you know? Yeah, and totally. That doesn't freak me out because I was born, born in that environment. Yeah. So everything comes Crazy. full circle. There nothing is wasted. And that's what I'm so I grateful love God for. God for that reason. But you know, I mean, it's so funny because I look at our 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 prospective paths and you know, I went to school straight out of the gate and I got a degree in yeah. biblical studies and a THB in theology, yeah. um, which is what a THB is. <laughs> and and <laughs> then ended up in the entertainment business. Um, and then you went to school for entertainment basically yeah. and ended up in the mission field basically. That's so wild. Which That's is wild. Wild to me. You yeah. Know? And, uh, you know, it's just great friends still doing our thing even though I still believe I'm in the mission field as well in entertainment. 
Well, it's different. You know. I, it's, yeah. And I think it, that's the point is that you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a, a lead, you know, we all are responsible for leading our lives well and leading others well. And, and so I, that brings me to a question though. Okay, good. How can I be a joy bringer in my perspective career? Oh my gosh. Here's the thing. I get so excited about talking about joyful leadership because first of all, I mean, if we're going to go, I'll go there, right? Like Jesus is arguably the greatest leader of all time. Right. I think secular scholars, everyone will say like Jesus Christ of Nazareth, like greatest, one of the greatest leaders of all time, if not the that. greatest, right? Absolutely. And scripture is very, very clear that Jesus was also the most anointed with joy of anyone to ever walk this planet or exist. Now, this is not often the Jesus that people preach about, right? I don't know. That's maybe not the Jesus you've met or heard about. Yeah. But scripture talks about it all the time. It was announced at his birth, right? Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy for all people. Hmm. Jesus came to bring great joy for all people. And then everywhere he went, he brought joy, right? In the form of healing, freedom, identity, grace, mercy, truth, right? He came and he just absolutely upset the apple cart, like turned over everything that, that people were believing or doing. And he was like, listen, I got a new way. And it's a way of love and grace and mercy and, and freedom. And he, now that didn't mean everybody liked what he had to say, right? <laughs> But he brought joy. And it says in, in Psalms and in Hebrews, it says, oh, God, your God is more anointed with joy than anyone else. Jesus was a man of great joy. And then not only did he operate in it, he says many times, I'm telling you these things so that my joy will be in you and that your joy will be made complete. He also is in the most difficult, traumatic, horrible moment of all time, right? Hanging on the cross in the middle of the crucifixion. And it says in Hebrews that he locked eyes. It says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So what we also then know is what it says in Nehemiah 8.10, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That joy isn't necessarily, it's not about circumstance, but joy is the thing that helps us endure, right? <laughs> Jesus was locking eyes with the hope and the future of you and me in freedom, you and me receiving love and the freedom of forgiveness, you and me living in the fullness of who he's made us to be. That's, that's crazy, right? When we yeah. realize the power of joy. So if Jesus did everything with joy, for joy, then why, if we're studying him as a leader, do we radically leave out joy in leadership? There, it's wild to me because no, first of all, nobody wants to follow Eeyore, right? Like, <laughs> no, like well, some we don't do. all, yeah. Some people do. Yeah, but the reality is, people don't leave workplaces. People hmm. don't leave businesses. You know who right. they leave? People leave people. Right, right, right. Totally. Right. My boss is toxic. I can't handle that. That I can never get past that ceiling. It's not whatever. Right. But if we had, and, and what I understand and, and, and present joy as is this buoyant sense of well-being, if we mm. can grab a hold of that, I'm not threatened by you. I'm not overwhelmed by these circumstances. I'm operating in gratitude. My core values, the joy bringer core values I talk about in my book and in, in when I'm talking to leaders and, and companies, gratitude. We got to start there because gratitude is also um, humbling right? We recognize 
why we're in this situation. Thank God I have a team around me, right? I, you know, gratitude is humbling. It helps us focus on the right things. Then we operate in forgiveness. That's a second core value. There is so much pain and suffering and wounding that happens in leadership, right? Leaders regularly are, are closed off and unavailable because often they've been burned and hurt. So they've hardened their hearts and they don't want to have anything to do with people. Well, why do you think people leave? Because they can't connect. So we got to operate in forgiveness. We have to receive it and then practice it so that we can remain, as Brene Brown says, soft front, hard back, right? Mm -hmm. Strengthen your back, strengthen your spine and keep your front soft. And then Jesus shows us this and it's my, one of my joy bringer core values is flexibility. We've got to be able to release control, right? We, um, my mom, who you knew really well, um, had this, uh, you may remember this. It was a bumper sticker that she had on her hard, like her tower, her, her computer tower. Uh-huh. This was a long time ago. And it said in matters of principle, no, in matters of fashion, swim with the current in matters mm-hmm. of principle, stand like a rock. So yeah. we, as leaders in our lives, Principle issues, we're firm, right? We know the things that we stand for. We know what we're about. But all other matters, we want to release the grip of control so that we can pivot. We can be flexible, not if, but when things change, right? And yeah, right? We We got to find it. We need to bring that back. We do. And, (laughs) and, And so when we can release the control, especially we learned this in 2020, right? When businesses were able to pivot, when they were able to move with the needs of the time, they were successful. Right. Right. So that's a joyful leader's core value. And then again, the final one is rest. Jesus was arguably mm. the most busy human ever, right? In demand person in at least those three years of ministry. And yet he said, listen, love y'all. I'm going to come back and do all this work, but I'm going to step away for a minute. I'm going to go get filled, connect with my father, refuel so that I can continue to pour out. So rest in this. And thank God. I mean, some of these things are starting to gain some traction, right? But we have made uh, martyrdom for the sake of business, for the sake of the cause. That's the highest prize. Totally. And it doesn't help anybody. So yeah, yeah, I just get so passionate about joy in every area, not only in our personal lives, in our homes, but also in our workplaces and in the things that we're as leaders, because it has a huge ripple effect. It it really does from the top. It's always from the top down, right? Culture is going to be established from the top down. And you can talk all day. You can talk all day long about what the culture is here. But if you're not leading it and practicing it, you're, it's lip service. You believe that and it's a lie, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, I really, I mean, I, I one thing that stuck to me that you just, you said, um, was buoyant sense of well-being. Yeah, that's, that's, I love that. There are a lot of de- definitions about joy out there and none of them really stuck with me and my, none of them really made sense to the thing that I experienced. Mm-hmm. Joy is not an emotional, exp- it, it is tied sometimes to our emotions, certainly, but it's not dependent on our emotions. It's not dependent on our circumstances. I put this phrase together that it's a buoyant sense of well-being. And I go on to say, because of the love of the father, like because of love, because of who Jesus is and what he's done, and because of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. 
because of all of that, we can have this firm foundation. We can not sink, not go under, right? No matter what circumstances are happening, no matter what we're feeling. You don't yes. have to feel joyful to recognize that joy is in the room, mm. right? I always say you, you can just lock eyes with it because he's standing there with you. Like you're totally. surrounded. It's present with you. You can feel all the things you need to feel and just rely on the fact that joy is present. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of floating. I love that. <laughs> well, we spent many, many a year, many a decade floating right. in our pool. Right, right. Right. And Nothing's better than the feeling. And actually, you've been to the the salt sea? Yes. Yes, I have. I actually think about that because I've never been there. And as somebody, and every time I've heard about it, I go, Ricky was there. You've floated, well, right? Like you've, yeah. and it's, isn't it wild? I think I remember it's, you telling me about that. It's super wild. <clears throat> You've got to be super careful because the concentration, obviously, of salt, if it gets anywhere in an orifice, it's really bad. Ooh. So you don't, you don't want anything, not one orifice at all to get. <laughs> You're like duct taping all parts of the body. <laughs> yes, you, you basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, to have this sense where there's nothing you can do, you're, you, you're just going to float, basically, wow. no matter who you are. And I, I mean, I just, I liken it to the idea of, in the, of the love and safety of, of, of Jesus, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it requires nothing. Getting in that and right. floating required nothing from me at all besides to get into it. That's it. And then right, I Right, but you had to make the choice. This is the point. The you yep. had to make the choice to get in. And that's what I'm here to say. And that's what I want to tell everybody. Like you have to grab hold of it. You get to receive it. And and yeah. I, I get incensed about this. And this is usually when I speak, when I go to talk at events and whatever, I start with, you have to acknowledge and, and declare the lies that you believe about joy. And most mm -hmm. people are like, I don't believe a lie about joy. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think joy is good. Sure. No, I think you do believe lies about joy. We all have been conditioned and convinced to believe lies. And many of them are that joy is feminine. It's for people who are overly, you know, perky or emotional extroverts. It's for people without a lot of cares in the world. Um, I will have joy when, right? I had right. joy back then, but now things are different. I'll have joy when things shift or change or I get the X, Y, Z. Um, there is a, a verse in scripture. I love it. It says, you believe in him and you've trust him even though you've never seen him and you have inexpressible and glorious joy. So I always go to that and go, is your joy inexpressible and glorious? If it's not, then somewhere you're believing a lie. <clears throat> that it's not for you, that it'll happen someday, um, that it's not welcome in leadership, that you know I have to be a stoic, I have to be a certain way to be taken serious. Trust me, I have, I know that. I have debated in my life, do I change my hair? Do I have a new wardrobe? How can I be welcomed at this, you know, C-suite table? How can right. I be taken serious? Do I need to change myself? Mm -hmm. And um, that's been really a, a challenge, you know, but I've just stuck to my guns and leaned into who I am and and recognize if people aren't going to, you know, receive the wisdom that I've been given or or learned in my life or if I'm just not welcome at that table as a woman or as a effervescently buoyant joyful yeah. person like yeah. that's that's the way it is but um I want everyone to grab hold of this truth because mm. it will change you and the world around you 
I love it. And it's a movement, right? I mean, the yeah. yep. joy bringer is a movement, Yeah, you know, I think it's, and it's a needed movement. I think it's a yeah. timely movement because I think in a lot of ways we've been conditioned to, um, for the, the sense of seriousness, we've been conditioned yep. for the sense of melancholy. We've been, and we've given these attributes to mean that is more of the human experience than anything. Yeah. Um, and to, to be able to express joy and hope almost feels cheesy. In- yes, yes, and and almost irreverent or inappropriate. Yes, inappropriate for sure. But I'm I don't preach and I don't practice um, being inappropriate. It doesn't mean we're clowns. We're not walking into situations and and playing like it's fine. That's mm-hmm. not joy. Joy again right. is that buoyancy that allows us to go into the dark tumultuous traumatic places and bring hope and light not um hey guys we're just gonna have a lot of fun today you know right. that's not joy it's not a mask no it's not fake Mm-mm. and i because i listen i have spent too many years of my life playing characters right mm-hmm. i don't i know the difference and i don't i don't i don't live like that i live like me and you know, some people readily will say, oh, that girl's joy. That's fake. That's not real. She's, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm so used to that. That's fine. You know why? You know, here's, oh my gosh. So I pastored at a a large church. I was one of the pastors at a really big church for many years. And I was doing an emotional healing kind of counseling prayer session with someone. And at the end of it, she says, I have something to, I have to confess to you. I was like, no, you don't, but okay. Like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, I have to tell you something. She said for the last few months or years or whatever, every time you would be on the platform at church, like speaking or preaching or whatever, she would say, of all the people in this room, I would hate to be locked in a dark room with this girl. And I was like, oh, she goes, I couldn't stand you. And all I could think about, yeah. And she goes, all I could think about was like how much you bothered me. And, and she's bawling her eyes out. Right. And she's like crying. And she goes, and then I got out of the car in the parking lot and I saw you were waiting for me. And she said, Oh God, anybody but her. And so then we did this incredible just session where she found such freedom and love and, and joy. And so she's crying and she said, but I know what it was. Now the enemy was telling me that thing that that girl has, you'll never have. Right. And getting her to project onto me, right, all the other things that weren't true. Because the enemy doesn't want us to understand the power of joy, <laughs> right? Because joy is buoyant, because joy is powerful, because because it's a characteristic of Jesus. And if we can, any opportunity to like leave out really radical, important qualities that we should be like Jesus in, you know, that he's going to want that to happen. Yes. And, and so she was just like, I get it now. I get why I thought those things because it was like, I felt like I was disqualified from ever having that. And now I have it and I get it. And it's real. It was a yeah. great moment. It was a, yes. it was a great. So I realize, and I say this, I say this with gentleness. My joy can be very offensive. It can. And that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Isn't that so strange though? Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, it's so funny to me because I go, I, I like to tell people it's hard to be joyful because it is, it, it is really, it is really vulnerable. Oh, it is super certainly. Vulnerable. Yes. It's like laughter. 
Laughter mm. is incredibly vulnerable. You know that your body doesn't really know the difference between laughter and crying. It's, it's a, actually a very similar physical response. They're right. both just emotional, vulnerable responses. And when we laugh, it's like opening our soul to say, that brings me joy. And, and so now again, laugh, like joy and happiness are not the same thing. They are, I like to say they're cousins. They are in the same right. family, right, but right. they're not the same. And you can have one without the other. I can be joyful and unhappy about X, Y, Z. But when they're together, it, the expression is often laughter. It is buoyancy. It's freedom. I like to say that freedom is a marker of joy. The hmm. opposite of joy is not depression or sadness. The opposite of joy is fear. And hmm. fear is bondage, right? So freedom is a marker of joy when we're free from the fear, when we're free from, from the weight, the, the guilt, the shame, the, the bondage of, you know, lies that we believe or, or whatever, the pain of our past. And so freedom and that ability to, you know, what you are so good at and you have brought me such joy in my life is your ridiculous laugh. You have the, like... I don't know. I, there's a lot of like memes and, and video, funny videos about right, like right. black people laughing. Like, is right. I don't know if that's just a thing, but like, it's true. You, <laughs> the way that you will fall down on the ground right. and just, <laughs> it's, it's so beautiful. It's always been an identity marker for you. Like I go, Oh, Ricky, these things. And one of the things I've just delighted in is seeing your extreme laughter. Right, right. I love to laugh. I sure you do. You do. And yeah. I love that about you. Um, but have you ever seen someone who's so afraid to laugh or they cover oh, their mouth? They just can't. Yeah. There's a reason, right? And that comes from pain. It comes from, you know, fear. So I, I love to watch people and journey with people through this process to receive it because things like that, these, these shell, the masks they shed and mm. things like this vulnerability to express joy come out right. and people do, they do start laughing. And, and again, I go back to this idea. The good news of today is that your joy and my joy don't have to look the same. We are created mm. uniquely. So becoming a joy bringer doesn't mean that you're going to look like me or be like me. And to that, I say, glory, hallelujah, because the world right. doesn't need anymore. Right. right. <laughs> like, like, we're good. Yeah. My husband would be like, yeah, we don't need any more seasons in this world. It's fine. <laughs> you know? Um, so I love to watch how people come to life, how the lights turn on, how people use this gift in their lives. Um, mm. it tra it's transformative for sure. You can see it yeah. in people's eyes. You can tell when you're like, oh, that person, there's something, there's something. They yeah. know something. I don't know what it is, but they know something. I love it because to me, I mean, I just remember back in high school, well, I mean, just all of our years together. Um, yeah. And I've, I, you know, joy disarms cynicism. Come and on. It you're just, preaching it just, now, sir. I mean, it just does. And yeah. I, I just remember people's response were always the cynics, you know, yeah. to it, you know, and, and it, it just is that thing to them. Yeah. And I love and, it. And there's no shame in that. I get it. Like I said, I totally get that my joy can be offensive, but I know why. Right. I know why. It's the cynicism. It's the, you know, the hopelessness. 
people aren't going to mm-hmm. necessarily quickly say I'm hopeless, but they certainly will be, extre- you know, pessimistic. And again, not that pessimism is bad, right? But practical, like pes- it's okay to have those perspectives, but also to agree with hope, man, nothing, nothing dulls the sparkle like disappointment. Right. And then, so we build these walls of cynicism and bitterness and, and so joy sort of takes that down and peels it away. So I, I get it. I see through it. I'm like, oh, you fine. You can, that's fine. You can criticize me or, or not believe it or whatever. And I go, you're welcome to get to know me. Yeah. I would love, I'd love to get to know you, you know, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I love people. You're right. I love that. I mean, so, okay. So I'm going to go on this journey with you. You're okay. and how many podcasts are we getting? Like, what are we oh, doing? Lord in heaven. That's a good question. Cause I would do this every day. Like I love it. Um, I just want connection with people. That's the thing that I love the most. So this is just another tool. So some people that know me are like, really now you're doing a podcast. I'm like, Oh no, it's just another Avenue to build relationship and connect with people. Right. So m- this, you know, this is the first episode and the next thing I'm doing a Joybringer Advent series. We're going to we're going to get inspired and connect with the hope and the love and the joy and the peace of the Christmas season. So there will be many episodes between December 3rd and 24th, but we're going to keep going after that um and talk about all kinds. I'm hoping that um that we go on a journey together and get to know each other because Nothing makes me happier than to like connect with people on the other side of the microphone. Totally. So we need to, if you are listening right now, you need to follow season on all the social media platforms, right? Like season Bowers. It's season Bowers. Like it's not hard to find. Right. Season Bowers (laughs) on Instagram. Facebook, yeah. TikTok my, my website is is a great place to go. On um, then you can find out more about like my book or whatever. Um, Seasonbowers.com. Yeah, yeah. When again, when your name is Season Bowers, you can, yeah. <laughs> you can have that. Yep. Yeah, and um, please reach out because I really it brings me great joy when I get to connect with people doing the things. I'm on the radio, and uh, so maybe you've heard me say, hey, I'm Season and I'm a joy bringer on the radio every day, which is fun. Um, but my favorite thing is when I hear from listeners because it's, again, right. I, and I say this, it's a strange thing. You write a book, you are on the radio every day, you have a podcast, but there's not a lot of like feedback, right? You don't know. And I, I say, I'm doing my offering. It's my offering and how the Lord chooses to use it is none of my business. But also right. when I do find out that like somebody listened or the thing that was said, touch their soul. Like that brings me great joy. Cause right. again, it just feels so weird to sort of send it out into the world and go, is this thing on? Like, hello, yeah. you know? I mean, and this is like intentional, you know, and a lot of, yeah. and it's intentional. So, I mean, for them to be able to connect with you at all of these different points from your book to your podcast, mm-hmm. to listening to you on the radio, to going to your social media. I think that's really great for all of us because we do need this, the thoughts to be reinforced. It's, we, yeah. I wish joy in, in these things of vulnerability would be super easy to us. But as humans, we spend more time figuring out how to protect ourselves right. than we do figuring out how to open ourselves yeah. up. And so to have these moments of meeting you and being reminded, you know, of how to open ourselves up and how yeah. to express joy and how to be poured out, you know, and to pour out, I think is so important for that to always be reinforced in different mediums. 
and you get you're giving us that chance you know you're giving you're putting yourself out there so that we can do that and I think that's fantastic. I'm trying. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying. You know, it's a lot. But I will tell you, I just want to touch on real quick before we wrap up. I'm on that journey, too. Hmm. And I do. I'm I try my I'm very intentional about being transparent and vulnerable in that I these core values that I talk about. The Joybringer core values is gratitude, flexibility, forgiveness and rest. They are my core values. I operate and exercise them every day. And that doesn't mean it's easy. And I'm on the same journey that you are. And we're doing this together. So while I would say this is the thing that I'm, this is an expert, I'm an expert in this field. I am also preaching and encouraging myself along the way. You know, right. I, yeah. I have the same things, the same fears, the same, you know, reservations, the same uh, doubts and and I'm a little bit more ahead because I've been practicing this for a long time, but um, I am on the journey with you. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to be on this journey. Thank you Thank for you. allowing me to be on this journey. And I can't wait to listen to every single podcast <laughs> and to respond to them and text you and be like, what? what? And be like, girl, please. Or be like, girl, yes. You know, <laughs> and to, I mean, and just to be able to hear everything from different perspectives from other yeah. speakers that you're bringing yeah. about you're basically curating for us everything joy you know and i think that's super mm. awesome thanks i'm excited and this is the first one and we did it <laughs> yay i'm grateful that's, for you oh uh, thank you i love you love you friend <laughs> thank you for listening to the Joybringer podcast I would love to connect with you. Find me on social media or on my website at seasonedhours.com. For more information on how to live like the gospel is good news, check out my book, The Joybringer Challenge. You can buy it anywhere books are sold or on my website. Thanks again for listening. And hey, I love you. <laughs>